0: Welcome to the Who God Says Podcast. I am your host and Kingdom Ambassador, Tai Chandra. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about the power of prayer and having a consistent prayer life. Oh, and we have amen. a special guest. He is the senior pastor of Redeemed Harvest International Church and my mentor and leader in the faith, Pastor Ed Moffitt. Welcome. Welcome, thank
1: you, Todd. Good afternoon, everyone.
0: I'm so happy that you're here, and I'm so happy we finally was able to do this. There's a lot, lot Amen. going on. The devil was trying to stop us. Amen. But he, but he can't stop us. He already lost.
1: That's right. We here. Amen. We <laughs> he here. Yes.
0: Outside. Well, we inside, but we outside. <laughs>
1: That's right. Amen.
0: Hmm. Welcome to everyone who's in the audience. Um, if you have any questions, you can put that in the chat and we'll do a live q and a after we do the interview with Pastor Ed. I just want to start by saying that I appreciate you and I love you and the reason why I love you so much is because first of all, you always operate out of love.
2: Amen and
0: when I was young, the title of Pastor was someone. I saw as unobtainable. Like it was, I know that the pastor was a leader of the church, but he was always unobtainable. There were always people that would speak for him. Like you could never speak directly to the pastor. Sure. So I call them political pastors. But for you, you have always shown us your heart. You have always been real about you being a human being first. And I just really appreciate (laughs) it. And that's what really draw me into you as being a leader for me is that you first showed me that you were human.
2: Yeah.
0: And I appreciate Absolutely. You for that. Thank you so much.
1: Well, bless God. The only thing I'll say is I give bless God the praise. praise. Amen.
0: Yeah. So we're going to be diving into the power of prayer. So I want to ask you, when did you first get introduced to prayer on a consistent level? Was it your environment? Was it church? What happened in your life to say this is something that needs to be ongoing or something I need to get into your prayer?
1: Well, historically in my life, um, I was raised in the church. My mom was always my mentor, as well as my dad, but primarily my mother. She's been a tower of the faith all my life since I could walk. And um So I was raised in a a church, church. I was baptized, I was a child of God, because as we believe, once you're a child child of God, always a child child of God. Why? Because the blood of Christ covers your whole life, not just some of your life. You know, I hear people preach the opposite, but Jesus said to his disciples disciples and to everybody that was in front of him, especially the religious folks, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the high priests, he really said it for them. Yeah. They were so they judgmental and so put, judgmental, put people down and so right? forth and so on. He said, All that the Father have given unto me, meaning us, the body of Christ, I shall lose not one of them, Meaning, my blood stain will be sufficient for your entire life, not just for some of it, most of it, only. And so, therefore, even when we send people into sinners' prayer, We make sure we say our past sins, present sins, and sins we don't know nothing about. The blessing of Jesus covered it all. Can we say amen? Once saved, always saved. Because God is not going back and asking Christ Jesus for a refund because it's what? Paid in full. If it's paid in full, then we're redeemed. We're redeemed by his blood. So I say all that to say, when I was coming up in the church, I was... A religious person. I didn't have a relationship with Christ. I didn't really start praying one on one and getting exposed to the Holy Spirit and know what it is to walk in the supernatural until I was 38 years old. And I had been in the church all my life. Like, I hate to sing this to a lot of Christians right now who are saved under the blood stand of Christ, but do not know nothing about the supernatural, don't know nothing about being led by God's Spirit. They just happen to be safe. But that's developed by prayer life. You cannot be empowered unless you have a consistent prayer life. I didn't start that until I was 38 years old. When I finally surrendered to God, stopped running from my calling, which I knew since I was 17, So I Mm -hmm. ran 21 years Mm -hmm. Uh, for so many reasons, not to get off the subject, but I first started praying consistently and sincerely when I was 38 years old. And what happened? What happened was God started gradually opening up to me, introduced me to the Holy Spirit. Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit I got used to talking to back and forth because as the text says, Christ Jesus is the one that directs the Holy Spirit as Thank we well know. So, but that's the Holy Spirit's job, to communicate, to bring forth, to re- bring forth remembrance, and to God. That's the Holy Spirit's job, because it is a person. Like some people treat it It's a spirit, but it's a person. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That trinity is individualized, but yet all one. And so when I started praying, the God allow his Holy Spirit to open up spiritual eyes, where I start to see things totally different, not just in the natural. At first it scared me, because I didn't know what it was to see supernatural things, and I was frightened. So for a minute I stopped. I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna pray, because I don't wanna see nothing else supernatural. But over time I realized that God has not called everyone who's also chosen, he's called, so, quite, a called quite a few,
2: but and few are chosen to That's allow
1: true. to see the supernatural, allow to see demons and people, allow to uh, see uh, witches and warlocks uh, praying against you, and to see the people going to uh, get them to pray with. You see this ahead of a time. You can see this in the spirit realm. It's almost like you're watching a movie, Todd, and mm-hmm. you see people going in another period of time, and they can see what's about to happen. That's real. This ain't no fiction. But God's anointing. He don't trust everybody. So to answer your question, I first started really consistently praying when I finally surrendered to God and started with my first words. And my first words to God, sincerely from the heart, was help me. That was my first words to God. Help me. Because it was from the heart and I was sincere. And from there on the led to now, we're talking about now roughly 24 years later. And, oh, my God, the Lord has brought me to different levels of the spirit realm. And it's amazing. Yes, I, wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade the anointing of God in my life with no one or nobody. As much as I love my mother, as much as I love my daughter, but I don't love neither one. of them more than I love Christ. That's right. And I'm not trading it for nobody.
0: Hmm. You could take this whole world. Give me Jesus.
1: That's Take right. It all. Yeah.
0: So I got a question. Sure. I know that most of the time in service you've brought up that your mom was very mm-hmm. was a, a praying mother, and you yep. always say, "Much prayer, much power. Little yep. prayer, little power." Absolutely. So as a child, seeing your mom praying around the house and and whenever she have a problem, she starts to pray, and that kind right. of. That's an influence all in itself. But oh, when absolutely. did you start to see things that she would pray for or other people would pray for? When did you start to see those things manifest? And you kind of had the idea of maybe this prayer thing actually worked.
1: Well, I actually saw it as a kid, mm-hmm. being raised in a Christian house. i never forget one of my siblings was really high and heavy on drugs. And my mom would always be throughout the house praying for him openly speaking against the devil and i'll never forget the day when my brother came in and said, y'all i'm done with heroin i'm Mm -hmm. done with coke Mm -hmm. i ain't doing no more drugs And you talk about a day of rejoicing and shout now it didn't happen overnight like the like we say god might not come when we want him but he's always what on time my mother started praying for my brother hard like that when I was in, I think, junior high school. And when I was getting ready to go to my freshman year in college, he finally gave up and surrendered. And to this day, he's on fire for Christ. Yes. But my mother just wouldn't give up. Like, she didn't give up on me because I'm pretty sure I scored my mama knees more than any child she <laughs> But at the same token through prayer because she knew she carried God's power. She would look me in my face when I was out there doing the wrong thing, living for the devil. But I had enough sense to give my mama money to put in the church. Look, Mom, tie this for me. Take this money and put it in the church so God can come for (laughs) me. But I remember my mom looking in my face when I wasn't living right and say, look, boy, before I close my eyes for the last time, you're going to live for God. You're going to do right by God. And there were so many things she knew I didn't know about myself. That she kept to herself. And uh, it was crazy. She knew about the calling of God in my life, but never said nothing to me. Because my mom knew it wasn't her job to tell me. It was God's job to tell me. Then her and my grandmother would come back and confirm what they always always knew. But neither one of them said nothing to me until I made a phone call to them, thinking I was going to surprise them. And they surprised me and said, boy, what took you so long? We've been waiting
0: on you. You're so long. You had to catch
1: up. But the power of prayer, I saw my mother pray for my brother. And that's just the beginning. That's one. Uh, We'll take a whole program. I'll tell you all the things my mom had prayed for. And I saw it come to pass. And when you're a kid or a teenager, a young adult, and especially even when you're not living right, but you like, you make mental notes. Like, I wouldn't say anything. Like, my brother came. I was like, all right, when he get weak, he'll get back out there again. I'm saying to myself, he never did. He never did. And there's a lot of other things my mom prayed about that we can be on this program all day and I just made mental notes. I was too proud for it at that time to to, to say, amen man, or wow. I just kept it to myself. But you best believe I was making mental notes. Oh she man, she prayed this too. She prayed that tree. I was keeping the score, you know. So I knew prayer worked. Matter of fact, I knew it worked so well time to I was scared of my mother, man. I was scared of her as my mom because she would whip me more than my dad. And then I was scared of her because I knew she had power. I, I knew that. I was like, "This woman gonna pray something, on me. Oh man, something. <laughs> she gonna she gonna mess around. One time I was with my boys, we out in the street, and I'm saying she gonna mess around, get me saved or something, man. <laughs> like that's just the worst I, thing that could eat." And one of my, <laughs> one of my partners looked at me and said, Man, what you talking about? You out here doing such and such, and you thinking about Christian? I said, Yeah, the Holy Spirit was dealing with me. That's right. You know? Yep. But my mom, like, I didn't see this woman praying so much stuff true. I'm like, Man, she she ought to get me, bro. My mom was just like that. And they like, Ed, you just crazy. Man, you, bro, stop talking
0: about Christian. <laughs> yes,
1: indeed. Well,
0: yeah, you just let everybody story, know that he was tapping you on your shoulder. Even when you're out in the midst of things that you, you don't even think God is in. And right, he constantly, exactly. if he's called you, if he chose you, he's going to tap you exactly. on your
1: shoulder. Oh, you best believe. Oh, my God. I don't know how many visitations I've had from angels that show up and remind me, God has not changed his mind, you know? And that's why I tell people, this is not TV. This is reality. This is
0: yeah. real. You know when, when did you first encounter the Holy Spirit um, fully? Um, when I first encountered the Holy Spirit, I was at my
1: home. This was like a couple of months after I surrendered to God. Mm-hmm. And um, I had went to this church. It was Assemblies of God in New Orleans and in fields I forgot the name of it, but it was Assemblies of God. And they believe in walking God's power. They believe in praying in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, things like that. And so I went up to the altar, and they prayed for me, and they prayed that I'd be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, sometimes when people lay hands on you, it don't happen right away, but trust me, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'll never forget, I had came home afterwards, and I didn't actually start flowing in the, uh and speaking in tongues that day. But I went home, and God knows your heart. When God knows your heart is sincere, he can work with you. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing with him, he has a sense of humor too. He don't have time for you until you get your mind right. But I was, my mind was already right. I was already open. My heart was open to God. So I, I didn't think nothing. I came home and I'll never forget. After I took my shower, I went to go sit on the bed. When I sit on the bed, I felt God's presence. I'm at my house by myself. I guess the Lord wanted me one-on-one. right? And I sit on my bedtime. And I started weeping like I did when I first experienced the Holy Spirit when God called me at 17 years old. I had that same feeling again, so I knew this time it was God. Because the first time when I was 17 years old and God called me, while I was in Sunday school at Ebenezer Baptist Church, I had to ask for uh, to be excused out of the Sunday school because I felt like I was getting ready to cry. And I didn't want people to think I'm crazy. What the world are you crying for, you know? So Mm -hmm. I stepped out, and you know the story, um, but I don't want to be too long-winded on the answer. But the first time I really experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit and encountered the Holy Spirit uh, really was when I was 17. But at that time, I didn't know that. I didn't Mm -hmm. know it was the Holy Spirit that was falling upon me because I never was taught about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so that was the first time, but the first time of manifestation. Mm-hmm. It's when I came home that night. I have been the service at Assemblies of God on the Legion fields in Gentilly. It's about two blocks off of Gentilly Boulevard. And it's across the street from Brother Martin High School. And when I got home, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit just fell upon me. And the next thing you know, I was speaking in tongues for about three hours straight. No holding back. I couldn't. And by the time I stopped, God basically outlined my life and told me exactly what I'm going to be doing, and I was all ears in. But I, I it was, it was so powerful. I was drained afterwards. It was like almost nonstop. If right when I thought it was, it was ending, it started again. Wow. And and I sat and, and after it was over, the Lord struck me and spoke to my Lord and told me the outline of this, what you need to be doing, and this what I want you to do. This how you're going to go about it, blah, blah, blah. And I sit there just in shock. I remember I was just looking at the sailor, and I was like, oh my God, my God, my God, this is wow, wow, wow. And that was the first time I experienced the manifestation of his Holy Spirit that I knew. The first time I experienced it, period, I was 17, and I didn't know. It was the spirit of God. But with this particular occasion, I I, re- I remember how I felt at 17. And when God's spirit fall upon you, it's warm and it causes you to get emotional out of nowhere for no reason. And why? Because when the spirit of God breaks into your life, comes, comes down from heaven to earth, it's your soul and your spirit man that's recognized it's the, creator of all things so it can't help but weep and joy and it can't help but say this is my creator that's visitating me and so therefore your soul and your spirit is moved it can't help it's like I haven't I haven't had that visitation since it created me and so therefore it makes your body be emotional sure yeah and I'm trying to explain it the best way I can
0: Yeah. We yeah. had someone ask that question like how did you know that it was the yeah. Holy Spirit and because
1: and-, and that's a good question. And a lot of and it may be different for other folks. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that's ideal for everybody, but for me that was my experience. But each time I felt God's presence, it was a warm feeling and it caused me to be sincerely emotional. Um and then God speaks after after I was done crying. Then the Lord, in a very, very soft, 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 soft all-knowing Lord, voice, spoke to my heart, and it's been like this since then. And the Bible, the Bible says God sheep knows His knows voice. And right. I want to say to the, the audience: You learn I'm God's Lord, voice Lord. in prayer pray over time. time. You don't learn it right away. Some of us faster than others. Some of us, yeah. us on the fast, yeah. fast, yeah. fast yeah. track. Some of us on just your normal track. But you learn God's voice. Like now, I mean, you talking? I hear God's voice clearly now. I don't have to. Be wondering, was that God, was that not God, or did I hear him right? No, I hear God's voice crystal, crystal, clear now. So when the Lord speaks to me on any issue, any situation, I hear him like me you talk.
0: That's awesome. I know for me, when I feel the Holy Spirit and I feel his presence, the first time I felt it, it was funny for me because it was like I had not that I was having a seizure or nothing, but it was like uncontrollable body movements. Not yeah, falling out on the floor. It would be like almost as if somebody was grabbing my hand, and my hand was reacting to that. Like you know, if some if you somebody puts their right. hand in your hand, your hand automatically is going to cl- close. So it was right. like my body was reacting to someone being in my presence, and right. I cried, but it wasn't an uncontrollable cry. It was just, like, s- this overwhelming feeling. And then my body. Right, right. My skin always feels like I have goosebumps. But it's, like, everywhere. Right. Me
1: too. Yeah, you get like,
0: goosebumps.
1: And I'll say you this know? too, Todd, not to cut you off. When, when, when you're in God's, when God's too, presence, too, I couldn't, I couldn't move. move. Like, when I was like sitting at, I was at my bed. bed. And I was praying and talking. If I wanted to move, I couldn't move. I was sitting on the end of the bed. There's no way I could move. I was just in His presence, and and, and, the, Holy and the Holy Spirit was just, just moving on me. So that's why I'm glad you mentioned something about movement. For me, I couldn't move at all. Mm-hmm. I, I was just in His presence, and God was just doing His thing, and my soul and my spirit man was just open, and I was receiving. You know. And like you like say, you it's said. just overwhelming with the presence of God. It just caused you to be emotional. You can't help.
0: Yeah. 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 So you said that you were 17 when you had your first encounter. Um, right. And so you didn't yield to that. You just. No.
1: When I was 17, uh, as I told you the story, and your audience may not have been on last time, I was sitting in Sunday school trying to talk to a girl, trying to get her phone up and all this stuff. <laughs> Last thing I was thinking about was gone. (laughs) So, and then while I'm talking at home, all of a sudden I felt like I was about to cry. And I was tripping. I was like, man, what is going on? You know? So I asked the Sunday school teacher to allow me to step out for a minute and go to the restroom. And I was hoping nobody in the church saw me. Because by the time I got to the restroom in Ebenezer Baptist Church, at that time, they didn't made a door now. But they didn't have a door separating the church from the bathroom. And the church is over 100 years old. So they had this addition that they added to the left-hand side of the church, but they didn't have where a door could go to that side. You had to walk out of the front door and go around or go into the bathroom on that section where they had, um, where they would have dinners at and they had the bathrooms. And so I was hoping nobody saw me because by the time I got to the front door to go out, to go to the other side, I had started crying. And I was crying. and I was like, oh, my God, I hope nobody don't see me. And thank the Lord is so merciful. No, I didn't see nobody. They didn't see me because everybody was in Sunday school for the most part. I got to the men's bathroom. Nobody was in there. I closed the men's stall and I I put the toilet seat down. I put my feet, my big old feet on the toilet seat. And I was in a prone position, just crying like somebody crazy. And after I cried, all I could cry or when God said it was time for me to stop crying, That was the first time I heard God's audible voice speak to me and call me and told me what my job was. And at the end of the day, I didn't surrender. Like I said, I ran for 21 years for so many reasons. First of all, I didn't think I was worthy because uh, I got to say, I was one of the most challenging children, my mother and father ever. Hey, so I figure you got the wrong. I even told God one time, you got the wrong guy. Oh, I got better brothers, better than me. They don't live like I've been here, blah, blah, blah. Why me? Why pick me? I'm not your God. I told the Lord. I said, I'm not your God. I'm not the one. <laughs> you know? And then I, I challenged God. You know, I used to challenge the Lord. and say, well, if you God do this. If you God do that. And the, and every time he would show me he's God. And I'm talking about supernatural stuff. Like I told you before, Ty, one time I went to a concert with and Winterfile. And I'm in the concert with my boys getting high as a kite, smoking marijuana. Just thinking, I'm having a, uh, my my best life or whatever, right? And they had this concert going on, and the Holy Spirit was still messing with me, and <laughs> so I stepped away for a second from my boys, my little posse, and I, I mean, God was having a conversation, and I was saving this conversation inward because I didn't want nobody to see me and think I was crazy, you know. <laughs> so I I told God, I said, "Look, Lord, they got this. They got this." Uh, Earth five hoodie or t-shirt, whatever it was, that somebody gonna win it. Now they didn't put it all out because you go in this concert at superdog, they t- they tear a piece of your ticket stub and they give you the other piece back. What well, they put all these? This was like thirty thousand people at this um, at this concert. Earth five emotions, Anita Baker, somebody. But anyhow, so I said, God, you God, and you call me and all this stuff. Well, I tell you what, those thirty some thousand ticket stubs that's in that bag it's taking three men to tap. Let him pull my ticket stuff. Then I believe. Well, you already know what happened. When it happened, I freaked out so bad. I left my pants. I left my boy. I said, look, girl, I got to go. They're like, where you going, man? I said, where you going? Man, I got to go. Do you know I walked home from the super dome, and I lived in Gentile because I was just so moved. I didn't want to get a ride back with my boy. If you talk talking about a, a You talking about a man, a man in his thoughts. Oh, my God. I walked from the Superdome all the way to gentility. tripping. But yet, I never doubted God after that. I said, okay, God, you real. I'll never question you again about your realness. Because guess what? Not even the devil knew I was having this conversation with God because I was having this conversation with him inwardly. Mm -hmm. Because the devil have limitations, too. He's not omnipresent as God is. But at the end of the day, this conversation between me and God, and I never opened my mouth about this conversation until years later. Now I'm talking about it, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so the Holy Spirit will show up, and, and it's the Holy Spirit that God used to communicate with you. Christ Jesus gives instructions to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit communicates it. Mm-hmm. But you'll never experience that if you don't have a prayer life, though. That's what I want to really bring home. You're opening the door to the Holy Spirit and the supernatural God, the power, power, the power of God, when you have a prayer life. You don't have a prayer life, you don't have a chance against a demon or the devil. Period. Thank God the blood of Jesus on your life for salvation. But you can't win from day to day, victory to victory, as long as you're trying to do it on your own. There's a lot of Christians they're living life on their own. They're not really living in the will of God. They're not living by God's power as we know it by what? God's authority. His dominion.
2: dominion. And his, his power. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Will
1: what you call them? They are what you call a
0: non-active Christian? What you call
1: them? Well, I call them. They have a form of godless, but denying the power they're <laughs>
0: They're not yeah, active, no. active Christians. they just okay with being saved,
1: right? Yeah, they're they just happy they got their fire insurance. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, I'm not going to hell, okay? Well, that's all you got to offer? Well, your crown ain't going to look like our crown. <laughs> you're going to get a crown, but they ain't gonna, you're going to be missing some rubies or something. <laughs> so, unless you get active, because we all supposed to be active right. when it comes down to the things of God. You, you want to be able to say, you know, you want Christ to say, well done, my faithful servant. That's what you, hear, yes, you know, want versus, to hear. You know, versus I just got in the dough badly. Who want that? I don't. Because for me, Ty, I'm either all the way in, I'm all the way out. I've never been an in-between person. Never, never. From a corporate point of view, from a street point of view, I know it is to be com- completely loyal and committed. I don't know this back and forth uh, or uh, backbiting of this one with you this time and I'm with you at that time. No, I'm either you with me or you're not with me. And
0: right. I've
1: been that way my whole life.
0: That is correct. That's yeah. right. And I'm one of those people say what you mean and mean what you say. There you go. I, there Once you go. say it, say I need it, no to breath. see it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. As old guy said, show me the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Because uh, in the beginning, as I was sharing earlier, I mean, I'm raising both hands. I was doubting Thomas. I was like, Jesus, show me the hole in your hand. I was challenging the Lord. You know, show me you real. And man, when he showed me I was real, I wasn't ready for it. That's why I walked almost 11 miles. Mm, so tripping. Like, I'll never, ever do that again. God, I'm sorry. Look, look as I'm walking down, I'm look, look I'm looking around on... all <laughs> He thought he was coming to get you. I was so by how God showed me it was God until it was crazy.
0: Yeah. You thought he was coming to get you, huh?
1: Yeah, I did at that time in my most infinite state as a Christian. Yeah.
0: I don't think I could have made 11 miles. We would have had to take a uh, racetrack break or something.
1: Man, <laughs> that overwhelmed me so much. You just don't know. Because you. how can I doubt God after... How would this guy put his hand in a in a big old I mean big old barrel where it took three guys to turn, and you got uh thirty some thousand stubs in there? How did he put his hand in thirty some thousand stub and pull out my stub? Because God controls all things; right. he can move any stub he wants and make sure that hand touched the stub that I thought wouldn't happen. Just to prove for it to me, because you know my heart is open, but I'm afraid. He knows I'm I'm searching, but I'm I'm afraid. And who knew that's where I was at? Because at that point, you know, I was really searching and verifying, like God, if this really me, because I, I really was thinking God would make a mistake. Can you believe just that though? You know, it was infinite. Yep. You know, how God gonna make a mistake? But I was so naive at that time about the things of God. I didn't know anything, about. but God gradually brought me around and gradually started teaching me how he do things. And I had to learn that. And over time, now, today, I don't know what it is not to be out of the word of God. I'm, I, I don't know nothing about that. Yeah. Don't want to know about that.
0: So when when you did not surrender at 17 and then you went through testing God, what are some of the things? Because the ticket stub. some people may look at that and say, oh, that's by chance. That could happen any anyway, right? So what are some of the things that you experienced that no matter how big or how small that, you know, looking back, you can pinpoint and say, even though I was running from what God told me to do, he was still pushing me and still involved in my life and still showing up to let me know, hey, I I said it and it's done.
1: I had an angel visit me. When I, when I was coming from the university, reversed. my car, I had a red RX-7. I used to love that car. I guess that's when the Lord got it tore up, because I was <laughs> worshiping <laughs> that car, that. right? And that was well, my was girl, girl catching. Else, I am just being honest. Uh, you know, you me out. I pull up my red it. RX-7, but it to ride. And so oh. one day, my mama was in the car with me. I was getting ready to... Uh, take her to take her go to get, to get, matter fact, get ironic, of fact, ironic, to go get her blue car blue because blue they had just red. fixed her car. Oh, and this guy was high. running late. Um, he was in the, the military, military, by the military, military, base military base over there by Lakeshore. They got North a little North military North. base right there. Mm-hmm. He, ran he ran the, ran the night the light. and ran, ran on, on the, on the, the door, the door side, side, hit my mama's side with yeah. thank God she moved this way like that towards me. He hit the door so bad until it bit the frame of my car and the door was pushed all the way in, but my mom had enough I, I think it was an angel, but my mom, had came all the way over to me. And that door was pushed all the way in. And where it pushed in, it stopped right where she was. Well, they had to use the jaws of life to, to get her out. And at the end of the day, because part of it was stuck. And so she couldn't slide over to my side. And the seatbelt wouldn't come off. It was crazy. And I was so angry. And at that time, it didn't take it didn't take much for Pastor to be ready to get it jumping. And Junior, I, was hot. I was hot. And my mom was my mom like, was Junior, crying. don't get out the car. Don't get out the car. I cannot move, but I know you want to do something to this man. man. Don't do don't that, do Junior. This. I said, Mama, I can't, I can't help, help it. it. I'm about to Mama hurt him." She's like, no, that's not what we do. Don't, don't do, Junior, don't, don't do don't, that. And you know, you know I got, got out the, the car anyhow, because again, I wasn't you know, in wasn't Christ, Christ at the time. I was, I'm a Christian, but, and I said, Mama, I'll be right back. I ain't going, I just want to at least tell him something. She said, Junior, don't get out the car, son. I say, Mama, please. I, I promise, I'll be right back. I get out the, get out the car. Call. By the time I walk to this guy's car, I'm ready to kill him. I'm telling my mama, it's worth it. And, um, and he was all in his military and everything, but he didn't get. He wouldn't get out the car. I said, Get out the car! Get out the car! And he, was, he was doing it. I get now, and he didn't get out until the police. He's like, I ain't getting out of that car. I know you. You look like you bought it, it. I ain't about to get out the car. And this was a military guy, right? He would get out the car, and I think the Lord he did. Well, I mm-hmm. share that story to say. So I was out of a car because of that wreck,
2: Okay.
1: and so I was catching a bus to the university. And so I was standing at the bus stop, minding my own business. And at that time, you had pages, and you had these big old cell phones. You know, I'll tell you how old you passed it. the car that looked like a brick. <laughs> you know I'm mm-hmm. So I had a page. So, I, you know, you want to holler and catch me, just hit me on the page, right? And so, um. I'm minding my business. I'm at the bus stop by myself. Normally, there'd be other people, but this particular occasion, it was just me. So I was looking down the street, and then I thought I saw a friend of mine's car, and I looked to my left, then I looked back. They had this lady standing right there, and I'm like, dang, I need to walk fast or something because I saw right. seen a few minutes ago. So, And she said, young man, I came to tell you that God has not changed his mind. And I tried to act like what she was talking about. I, I was like, man, what are you talking about? She said, well, no, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. God has not changed his mind about you getting busy and doing what he have asked you to do. And he's not going to change his mind. I said, ma'am, I'm sorry, but um, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, well, yes, you do. But God says to tell you he has not changed his mind and he still expects you to be a fisher of men. And that's the same thing God told. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to look away, like trying to chill out. So I looked away for a second, like I was looking the other way. I looked back, that one was, she was gone. <laughs> she was gone, just like, and I knew instantly, Top, so I, I said, oh my God, that's, a, I, that's an angel. My mama always talk about angels. Of that was an angel. I know that was an angel. How this lady gonna just be gone like that? And she was gone like that. I tried I look back around, she gone. And I'm like, my God. Now don't lab tie, but here's another time I walked. I didn't get on the bus. No, I, I was scared she might I said she might be on the bus to bother me. So <laughs> I said, I ain't getting on the bus, forget the bus. I started walking. I walked all the way home again. <laughs> and that was the first time of many, but that was the first time that I got visit, a visitation from an angel that reminded me that God has not changed his mind. And it was crazy, crazy, crazy. Yep.
0: Do you think you needed that? Do you think that you needed that constant confirmation?
1: Absolutely. God see, here's the beauty about our Savior. God knows everything all of us need. Why? Because mm-hmm. he created us all. Some of us need more of a push than others. Some of us may need multiple visitations. Mm-hmm. Some of us may not need none. For me, like I said earlier, I raised two hands. I was doubting Thomas. Me, Jesus showed me the holes in your hand. Didn't I believe? I was mm-hmm. that God. But now today, you couldn't get me to doubt God or not believe the power of God or anything, any situation. At all times, I know my God is more than able. And so, but I needed that because I was hard-headed. and. I was like the guy from Missouri. Show me the money, you know. or basically show me. Don't tell me. Show me. I guess Mm -hmm. a part of that was too a part of my rearing too, because my dad wasn't a very emotional person. He was very stoic, but you knew he loved you because he did it by showing you. Yeah. I didn't know what it was to lack anything. I didn't know what it was for him not to be present, whether it was at games I played and billy ball. Elementary, junior high, high school. I'll look out the stands and I'll see my dad in his post office uniform. He might just be tired as ever. He didn't got off of work, but he's there because he wants me to know that I got you. Yeah. So I needed that because I was used to, you know, having support like that, you know. So I needed a visitation. So I did. I did. Oh, my God. Woo! God God got me right. Like the old people say, oh, don't worry. God going to get you right. He going to get you, you right. right. Oh, yeah, he'll get you right.
0: He will yeah. get you right. When I when I think about myself, because I, I use this tool uh, along my walk as well. So I'm a little bit selfish with the podcast because I'm growing. We're all growing. And so sure. I kind of use this, you know, in accordance with my walk and helping me along. So when I think about myself and thinking about things that God has shown me, it's crazy that from a child, I've seen a lot of things that people thought was crazy. They, they right. all thought it was crazy. When you brought us speaking in tongues, I believe I was speaking in tongues when I was a child. But as I got older, I've, I haven't done it. I sure. haven't done it. But when I was a child, I remember, I remember my dad saying, this girl done created her own language.
1: Right, right, and right.
0: I did it all. Lo- I did it all day long, all right. day long. And I just remember my dad would say, "This girl agreed created her own language. She better talk right. English. Nobody don't know what she's saying." But as a child, I saw my grandfather who was passed. He was dead. I was about right five, six years old, maybe, mm-hmm. and I saw him. Um, and my my mom and her mom was mm-hmm. arguing. And I saw my grandfather, and he said, leave his pickles alone. He used to call my mom Pickles. Right. And, and I told my grandmother that I said, that man over there said, leave his pickles alone.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And she looked at me, and she said, what man? I said, that man over there, he said, leave his pickles alone. <laughs> and she was like, get this child out of here. Get her out of <laughs> here. But when they told me that my grandfather used to call my mom Pickles, Right. I was like, oh, that was my grandfather? Yeah. And then they asked me how he looked. I told him how he looked. That he had this hat on. He was sitting in the chair. And he had on this jacket. And it was like, that's what he did. He'd have his big, uh, little weak looking hat. He was sitting yeah. in his chair that nobody else could sit in. And he had this jacket that he always wore. And when I was a child. Then there, there were a bunch of other things that happened. Like I would see people, um, I could hear things, but I never, I never seeked it out. That was one of the main things that a lot of times people ask me. Um, I didn't, I never, I never seek people. I never seek them out. Things would just happen. And and as I got older, and when I really started to get into my relationship with God, I started to understand that there was different things at different times that was revealed to me. Not sure. that I had to go and look for things, but different things were being revealed to me. Like when my mm-hmm. sister passed, I, I stood in a room um, at the hospice center and she was fading. And they were like, you know, it's not going to be too much longer. And I told them I wasn't leaving until I felt her spirit leave. Right. And one of my older sisters, she asked my little sister, she looked at her, she was like, she could do that? And she said, yeah. And I stood there and I did not leave. And I did not leave. And I was like, she gone. And when I said she was gone, they touched her and it was like, oh, my gosh, she ice cold. Yeah. But just to say that I've learned a lot of things have been revealed to me. Mm -hmm. Because one, the call that God has on my life. Yep. And two, because of the relationships that I, the relationship I have with him, like I constantly talk to him. I talk to him all Amen. day long, all yep. day long. But yeah, at the time, I didn't I didn't know what it was. I just know. I guess you could say I was special. I'm not special. I'm just
1: no. submitted. No, you are. You're special no. to God and you're chosen by God, not just called. I told you that before. I'll tell you this. I want the whole public and universe to hear your matriarch of your family, spiritually speaking. And the bottom line is I had similar. My father was dying of a heart attack. Um, I said right then and there, like almost identical to you. You know, I, I say he's gone now. And my 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 sister, uh, Melody looked at me and she don't say that, don't say that. And when I say he's gone now, immediately it went, be. <laughs> and my she was so mad, like, look what you done did, Junior. See what you done did. I said I didn't do nothing. I just know my daddy was gone, and I'm telling you. And right after I say he's gone, now his heart went silent. And um, so when you stole that story, I remember myself the same, you know. And why, Ty? Reason is, even before I accepted the call of God in my life, or you decided to be committed to God. God had already calmed us before we were even in our mother's womb. Mm-hmm. Our assignment was given to us at the point of an audience. Please don't miss it. At the point of creation, our assignment was given to us. You follow me? So like right now, oh my God. Um, thank you, Lord. So the bottom line is, We start seeing as we reflect back in our lives, God was moving there. Even when we weren't in the will of God, where we can trace back to say he was with us all all the time. And why? Because God placed his call on our lives when he was creating us. And that creating us wasn't in in our mother's room physically. I'm talking about when he was creating us spiritually. Because we was a spirit, and we were our, our soul and spirit existed before it became flesh. You with me? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Because see, there's no physical bodies in heaven. It's immortal. All day now, you're gonna recognize your loved one. You're gonna see them physically, but it won't be a, a body of flesh. Okay. The body's gonna be our uh, image. Uh, Heavenly, as the Bible says, a heavenly body, and a heavenly body is immortal. Won't need water, won't need blood, won't need oxygen. Come on, somebody.
2: But yet live forever.
0: Place the love will never cease. Mm. Mm -hmm. When you did surrender to God's call, what did your surrender look like? How did you begin to accept that call? Like... What was your process, or how did you process that being like, you know what, I'm a, I, I got to do this, and I'm, I'm going to start doing it? How, how, how did you do that? Well,
1: when I first surrendered to God, it was one-on-one. Nobody around, just me and the Lord. I was in my car driving, and I finally just said enough is enough. God, I surrendered. I was driving while I was talking to God. And the only thing, I, thing can I can say, because I wasn't in the Word, heard. I wasn't one of the ones that did the prayer at church. I wasn't fully involved in the church even though I went to church. I was just a member. I was just a, a bench wall, you know. And so the um, only thing I kept saying while I was driving this, God, help, help me. Help me. Help me to do what you want me to do. Help me, God.
2: And that's all I knew at that time. And God knew I was sincere. And so what he did,
1: he showed me the way. He, he gradually brought me to the place where he needed me to be. And I had to make some decisions, too. I had to let go of folks that I know was going to go on oh, my walk with God. I had to let go friends, even some family members who I used to get high with. You know, even though, like they say, well, if I you ain't hurt nobody, what's wrong with it? Well, I'm not going to never tell somebody you're going to hell because you smoke weed. But I don't say you'll lose some serious benefits by being so high where you can't even hear from God. Or you may hear from God, but you can't respond properly because your conscience is so distorted. Your highs are kite, high, And that's why the Bible says, be sober.
0: Have and some people grade.
1: argue and say, well, Jesus turned wine into wine. Yes, he did. That's true. He wanted to keep the party going. That's true. But I didn't see nowhere in that same chapter where he said, okay, let y'all just go and get it lit up. Just go get lit. Go and get drunk real good. There's nowhere it says that in the Bible. He just gave the wine because it represents royalty. It represents The family, if not that he made wine for them to be in a drunken state. No, he made wine for the sake of the family celebration to continue. But in a godly man, not an abusive man. I tell people all the time, we get in trouble with God when it's abusive. You eat too much, that's the sin.
2: You drink too
1: much, that's the sin. You smoke too much much marijuana, that's the sin. And some folks say you smoke at all, that's the sin. And that may and be your, your theology. theology. Mm-hmm. Well, how about for the folks who are medically on marijuana? What you say to That's little people, people who are in excruciating, excruciating pain, pain. and the only thing that can, that can cause, cause that pain, pain not to be there, there, and they're not high, is just attacking yeah. a pain. Hey, Do you tell them they're going to hell? hell? So, so, so you got to take it so case it by right. case. Right. Because God Almighty has a sense of humor. And he takes it case by case. Sin Sin is sin, sin. sin. but there's no way the Bible where it says it's sinful for you to help your body in a respectful manner where you're not um, unconscious or you're not conscious enough to hear from God. Mm -hmm. Somebody dying of cancer and excruciating pain, and they they need certain Certain drugs drugs that may have been made. It didn't come from the earth. You call that sin? Didn't come from the earth? I'm just no, calling it track medicine. For a
0: that's what they
2: call
1: it. They call it that's medicine. medicine. Mm-hmm. But guess what? It didn't come from the herbs, right? But marijuana did. But at, and I'm talking about marijuana that's not uh, chemically laced. And I'm not here trying to defend people who smoke marijuana because I was one of them. I used to make Chi chi Chong look like a prop. I smoked so much weed because as a kid I had ADD. Mm-hmm. And my oldest brother gave me marijuana when I was 14. And, oh, Lord, my mama thought I was ill. Not knowing all the while I was smoking. <laughs> I didn't tell my mama that until I was 20 something. She was giving God. Well, a, you know what? Day.
2: He sent people. It was people. my
1: name, but my ADD I was dealing with at the time. can okay, we well, say amen? Amen. Because God when will send people. I wasn't going robbing nobody, wasn't killing nobody. None of that. I was just chilling. Yeah. But the only reason why I stopped smoking marijuana, because number one, it started affecting my asthma because I had been smoking it too long. Mm-hmm. And then number two, I felt like I didn't need it anymore. All the thing I needed was God. And yeah. what I realized, Lord, the only person I need is you. I stopped doing everything that was ungodly that I, I could think of. I was just getting rid of. And like I said earlier, first thing I had to do was I had to get rid of some friends who I going were taking me to the wrong places, make me do the wrong thing. And this male and female, I had to get rid of some family members who were going to cause me to do the wrong things. Mm. And um, and I had a few co-workers Cowork- I used to work with. Them, like, Look, man, now nah, y'all go do, y'all do. I'm done. They're like, man, what's going on with you? Hey, bro, I just I just decided it's not to like, live huh? like that, man. I'm not going on lunch break just to get hot. Yeah. but. Decisions have to be made to answer your question. And, I, and I, just, I just pressed in to say, God, whatever you say goes. Yeah.
0: So when you actually stepped into your role as a pastor, and I know you said earlier that you were like doubting Thomas. So when yeah. you dealt with those, how did you deal with those self-confidence issues within yourself? especially in your role as pastor, not just personally, but in your role as pastor, how did you deal with those issues of doubting yourself, being uncertain, and having the confidence to move forward in that role?
1: Well, for starters, Ty, um, you, you get rid of the doubt, you get rid of the I'm not worthy." It takes time. But for me, it was time management, and it was also naturally, from an earthly point of view, I've always been a leader. I've always been a guy who's gonna had the vision, or the guy who was gonna lead the pack, or the guy who's gonna defend, or whatever. I've been a catalyst my whole life, whether it was with my friends on the street or in the corporate sector, being a trailblazer in the private companies I worked for. I've always been first at a lot of stuff, Um, and I can go through a whole litmus of stuff career-wise as far as. Uh, working for corporations as private companies. But when it came down to spirituality, I started getting rid of the doubt and so forth as God constantly confirmed to me that he chose me. I didn't choose him, he chose me. And over time, God showed me how this is going to work out. And also, he took my natural talents that he gave me And said, look, I remember one time the Lord told me, because God ever sense of humor. One time time the Lord told me, he said, you just got to (laughs) obey. He said, if you obey me, I got the rest. And also, I've made you. You already a leader. You was born a leader. And you can do this. And And once I surrendered to God, I had no doubt if I could do it or not. But I had to get to that part where I surrendered. Yeah. But after I surrendered, like I said earlier, I'm either all the way in or all the way out. Once I surrendered, I'm in. I'm in for good. And now it's like, here I am, Lord. What do you want me to do? I got it. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. And so it took. It was over time, and it was out over me finally surrendering. Once I surrendered, that was it. It was, it was on and pop. Yeah, it was time to start getting busy for Christ.
0: So we have a question. When you started your spiritual journey, did you notice mm-hmm. the attacks of the enemy were more intense?
1: Absolutely. When I first surrendered to God, I found out what it is to be attacked by a friend of me. I
2: knew
1: what it is to be attacked by a family member. I knew what it is to be attacked by a so-called best friend. I know it'll be attacked by people. You will help. They, they still ignite you. Hmm. But even more so, that's, that's when, when I first perfect. came to Christ. But when you get in leadership roles, it's even more of attack. The higher you move up in Christ and God, the higher the attacks. But the beauty of it all is this. You're prepared. It doesn't move you like it did when you was a babe in Christ. Like, when I was a babe in Christ, it used to hurt me. I'm like, especially from a loved one who I trust and like, I can't believe he did that, man. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow, that stuff. But over time, Ty, like anything, you start to learn that people have limitations in terms of they're human. They're not going to always be loyal like you or committed like you. And if they think stepping on you can get ahead, guess what? You're getting stepped on. You're getting, You're getting, getting lied. On. You're going to have propaganda all over the place. And so, over time, you get used to that. You start to get, as I say, thick skin. Because you can't live for God with thin skin. You got thin skin, God's going to have to strengthen. And he will. He will. He will. But at the end of the day, now nah, I went from a babe in Christ, where I don't get mad when people attack me for no reason, to now, today, I feel sorry for folks. I pray for them. I literally pray for them and ask, ask God to fix things, them, to ask God to help them. them. That's called spiritual maturity when you get to that level where you feel sorry for the people that wish you wrong, wish you fail, wish bad, you know, things come to you, and you just pray for them and ask God to deliver God to help. Because you get to that place too, Todd, which is very important, where you're no longer looking at the person. You're looking at the spirit that's in them and so you are praying against that spirit that it will loose them because they're spiritually bound and they're being controlled by a demon versus being controlled by the spirit of God. And so you stop being taking things personal and you fight spirit. And when you fight spiritually, you don't get so caught up in it's it personal. I can't believe she did that. But she knows she a, she a liar. You just you start know, praying start praying. stop praying for God. Help this person. Lord help them. fix them. Deliver them from these demonic acts. And mean, I mean it from it the from heart, heart, not just be saying it just to be saying.
0: All right. So not, yeah. not because it sounds good because you, you're sincere. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I, when I, I'm not going to say when I surrender or accept it because I, I surrendered long time ago, but when when I got to a space, this was in Hurricane Katrina, actually. Yep, two thousand five, the year before Katrina happened. I right. dreamt about Katrina happening, and yeah. in in the dream, I was standing at a crossroad at the corner in Highland Road, and yeah, I stood on the corner. I watched a big wave of water come in front of me and a big wave of water on the side of me. And I, it, it went over the top of my head and I grabbed my stomach and I grabbed my dad. And fast forward, it was me seeing Hurricane Katrina. And at the time I was pregnant with my first child and I was with my dad and everybody who knows my dad know that. He's not going to wear during a hurricane. Like, he'd walk outside with his rain suit on and his boots, and right. he'd just be outside in the hurricane. <laughs> he, he could be on the storm chases. So if he didn't leave, I wasn't going to leave. But, like, right when this, the storm was hitting, he was like, okay, babe, I think we're going to leave. And I'm like, okay, so we got in a car, but we got stuck on um the interstate.
2: Right. And
0: I had to be bust out because I was pregnant. So I had to be bust out. I didn't understand it then, but once I was settled, I was in Georgia and everything, and I was by myself, had no family, nothing like that. Mm. I didn't feel disconnected from my family because I still was able to communicate with them, but I felt a peace, and I, I later felt like I was given that peace because I didn't have any distractions. It was just me and my baby, and... I had that peace. I was able to talk to God nonstop. I was able to hear from him and things just started happening. Mm-hmm. So I decided, I was like, okay God. so I know that you've been talking to me. I'm ready to listen. And so I took right. that in and I was 19 years old. I was making 20 years old and I took that in and I was like, you know, this is, this is, my pledge, you know, to you. You're you're talking to me, I'm listening. You got my attention. And then my nephew died.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And for me, because I grew up with my dad and saw that my dad was this awesome protector.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When my nephew died and I wasn't there, I felt like I was failing because I wasn't there to protect him. Right. So I didn't give up my pledge. I said, Lord, I gotta go see about my family. Right. And as I grew older and I looked back on it, it was like those were one of the things, one of the attacks of the enemy that came in to distract me from There you go. Yes, from, there from there what go. God wanted me to do, from the path that He hadn't walked in. Because that attack, even though I'm not saying that the reason for him dying was for me. I'm not saying that. No. What I'm saying is that attack hit me different than it hit his mom, you know, and everybody else. So it it made an impact, but it it made an impact to me spiritually because I got off of the spiritual walk that I was on. And so, yeah, when you decide to pledge your life to God and say, hey, I'm in this you are going to get those different attacks. And like you said, the more you move up, the the more they intensify. Like, 2022 was the most beautiful, horrible, exciting, challenging year of my life. Right. Like, it was so much going on in 2022, physically but spiritually. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Absolutely.
1: And that's what I'm saying, Todd. I said this earlier, and I'm going to say it again. When you're growing in Christ and you're in the will of God, you get attacked more as you grow in Christ, but you're more prepared with those attacks. God prepare you more. And a matter of fact, those attacks empower you because God shows you that he's still God. And not only that, there's nothing too big for God to deal with, and I don't care what it is, over and over again, God shows you that I handled it again. I handled it again. I handled it again. So what that does, that empowers your faith. That empowers your trust in God. So the more you're, that's why I tell people all the time, much prayer, much power, little prayer, little power. You show me somebody who can testify, I show you somebody who's been tested. Yes, But you can't give a true testimony unless you've been tested. And those who've been tested and really tested, not no little small wind, but I'm talking about storms in their lives, are those who have been empowered like crazy. And no, I know that you can look somebody in their face and say, it's going to be all right. I know it's going to be all right. And I'm telling you this because I lived it. And God can fix it. And say that with assurance and with great expectation and with great faith. So you're absolutely right. Absolutely. But see, the enemy, enemy at that attacked. time was trying to twofold with you. He was trying to not only throw you off in terms of where you needed to be or your walk with God, but he also was trying to have you to suffer with self condemnation to say it's your fault. You know, if he was there, he made yeah, me maybe he wouldn't have would die. died i yep. not saying it was convincing or it was successful. Oh, that's what happened. Right? It happened. But, but he was trying to, because two of his best weapons he uses distraction. And his biggest one, when he used a lot of Christians, which is crazy, is self-condemnation. When the, well, the Bible, Bible says there's no condemnation in the child, child of God. God. Why? God. Because of the bloodstain blood of, of Christ. He covered all of our sins. Yep. God, God Almighty said, I threw all your sins and the, the lake of forgetfulness. So if God, God forgot, forgot about, about it, why are you still sitting there overnight thinking about it? Hmm. But you have to know God's word, and you have to learn how to walk with him and grow with him. And if you walk with God, God will take you to places you've never been. Like now today, I don't know what it is not to walk in the supernatural. I don't know what it is to not walk in God's spirit. But I know it's not for everybody, and everybody came him to you know, I have to admit, when I first was open to God's spirit and God allowed me to start seeing demons and people and stuff like that, I was like, Lord, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, that's a bit too much. Like, my God. Matter of fact, that was the first government with my God. I was, you know, the Lord told me, you can handle it because I've called you for such a time as this. And trust me, today, I don't know no other way. So when people are talking crazy or whatever, I can, I, some, I, some people, I can literally see how many demons are am. Hmm. It's crazy, but it's true, you know. But at the end of the day, I give God the glory because the Lord knows uh, where we are, what we need, and how he develops us over time.
0: Okay. Um, we have another question. What if you've been placed in different leadership positions, but you prefer to mm-hmm. be in the background? What would, what would be your advice on how to operate yourself?
1: Well, the first question is why would you want to be in the background? And, it, and the next question is, have God told you to be in the background or is it by your choice? That's very important. Because if you choose to be in the background and God didn't choose you to be in the background, well, that's something right there off the cuff we've got to deal with. You're right. Is it your no choice to, to say, I it. want to be in the background, I don't want to be seen, I just want to want do to what do God needs me, me to do? Was it Was your, your choice or did God, God say, look, I need you to do things quietly. I want you to be the guy who doing things behind the scenes. Did God tell you that or did hmm. you choose that? That's the first Perfect. thing. Right. Then the second, the second thing, if God had told you to be in the background and said, I want you to be a consultant in the church or a confidant, but I don't need you in a leadership role. Well, guess what? God will make you comfortable to be in the role that he wants you to be in. But the first order of business, you got to make sure it was God that told you that, not yourself. See, guess what? Jesus said, deny thyself and pick up the cross. The cross represents your life. And follow me. We can't follow God with our lives unless we have denied ourselves. And so my first question, my first answer is make sure it's Christ that's saying to you, be in the background and not yourself. And then if you really feel in your spirit that God is saying, you're not supposed to be in the upfront, or God don't want you in lead, uh, a leadership role where you're visual, but you can be in the lead. There's a lot of leadership roles with be in the church. You're not visual or you're not the person in the forefront, like a pastor. You know, or a deacon or people who are actually doing things. You could be a finance person and people don't even know you're a finance person. For a long time, for years before I got into the ministry, I was helping with the financing piece of the church and folks ain't never knew about it. Yeah. But that still didn't mean I wasn't in, I was in a leadership role. Especially during this size of church I was involved in. You're doing fifty, sixty thousand dollars a week. You know? So but Folks, Folks never, never knew I had anything to do with it. Why? Because it wasn't my job at that time for me to be saying what I'm doing. It was nobody' business, you know. Right. I just was obedient to a bishop. you know. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Can I so add to that? answer? Was there a second half to that question? Um, they just asked, like, what advice would you give them? But I want to add to it. Sure. I because I feel like I'm being led to say this. If you are sure. in the background. And you have questions. If you're if you're in a leadership role or you've mm-hmm. been placed in different leadership roles and you prefer, because prefer is like a want. I want to be in the background. Right? right? So right. with that, I feel like it's a feeling. Really? That word feel. You have Absolutely. a feeling that you want to be in the background.
2: Coming from yourself. Right? Yeah,
0: that's yourself. But if you are being into being in these leadership roles, sometimes God would upset what you're comfortable in and push Um, you into something that's uncomfortable because that's what he wants you to do. So it's best for you to pray about it. Yep. It's best for you to pray about it because you don't want to miss God because you're like, "Mm, I really don't want to do this. I really don't like this. I don't like this. This podcast was not my idea. I don't want to be right. in front of the camera at all, right. But I had to be obedient because it's not about me. Amen. It's not about me. It's, it helps me, but it's still not about me.
1: Right. So but I totally, uh, I'll piggyback off yeah. there until, like I said, the first owner of business is you got to make sure it didn't come from self. It came from God, that God wants you in the background. But now if it came from you and you know, well, that's my pr- preference. Then now, like you said, uh, it's a given, but we have to say it because people don't sometimes know, you got to go to God, talk to God about it because that's what prayer is. By the way, that's what prayer is. Yeah. Prayer is an honest conversation with God from the heart, sincerely, on whatever you deal with in life. That's what prayer Only set prayer we know about is our Father's prayer that our Savior gave us, and he gave us that prayer at that time So people can understand kingdom living and how it relates to the earth. If you really examine the prayer and taught us about forgiveness. So, and also three things it taught about kingdom living, forgiveness, and God is all powerful. At the end, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that is in heaven. And the bottom line is, it says, because we give all power unto God because God has the ultimate power of power. So our father's prayer teaches about the the truthfulness of God's, the the all power, teaches about forgiveness. And it also teaches us about walking in kingdom living. That's why he said, I will be done on earth that is in heaven. He let you know simultaneously, Mm -hmm. you don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience God's kingdom here on earth. And it's so sad that a lot of Christians are not walking in God's power. Like I said earlier, it just happened that they got fire shells. Well, I ain't going to hell. Well, that's all you got to offer, yeah. you ain't going to get them So, you know, but at the end of the day, that was a good question. Good question.
0: Okay, we have another one. My spirit of discernment has increased as I've gotten older. Is it uh-huh. normal for discernment to be exhausting?
1: Exhausted or Aussie? Oh, did they say exhausted?
0: Exhausting. I guess that makes them tired, like physically tired.
1: Yeah, that's not abnormal at all. Like I said, when I first started, got open to seeing the spirit world and seeing literally demons in people and seeing actual plans being put in place before they even happened, you know, when I was a baby in Christ, it used to exhaust me. And, it, and in the beginning, it used to make me afraid. And then it got to a part where I, wow, wow, wow. And it's like, and I even told the Lord one time, like, Lord, I'm can I handle them all this? Okay. And God I says, I created you to handle all this. Of course you so. can. And, and sometimes some when you're exhausted, or you, are you feel, something. yes, and the just answer to answer the question, question is yes. Sometimes you to to can feel exhausted when you have the spirit, spirit of the sun. And that's what I'm sharing now. But I'm just talking oh, about it from a spiritual world where you, you see things constantly. Constant. And it can be exhausting. The only thing you simply got to do is say, Lord, you have to empower me. You have to strengthen me. I need it right now because I feel like my tank is empty. I need you to empower me spiritually, physically, in every way, shape, or form, and God will. Because I had the same situation myself when I first started getting open to the things of God and seeing the spiritual realm. And started seeing people's motive, people's conscience, seeing our people move, seeing demons, watching witches, trying to pray against me. And I'm praying for these people, asking God to deliver. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. But the only thing it it takes is for us to stop for a moment and talk to God about it and ask God to fall back into our approaches and refill us. Because sometimes, yes, on this journey, we feel like we have ran out of gas. But the Bible says when we can't go in it further, oh my God, that's what He pick up. Right. It
0: picks, it picks up.
1: Right. He picks up when well. we can't go in it further. That's, that's what God picks up. So I would advise my brother and my sister who's feeling overwhelmed with discernment to ask God to pour back and fill up your picture, Ask God to put some more dance, dance, in, your dance in your tank. Morning. And God Almighty is faithful. He yeah. will.
2: Yeah. I know a lot of times you talk about our
0: um like the Bible said our spirit and our flesh are wrestling or fighting with each other.
2: Absolutely. So
0: to kind of pick off her question. Could the exhaustion come from the spirit speaking to us and our body rejecting it or let's say let's say you're in an atmosphere where you feel like You don't have the time to listen right now. Let's say you're at work Mm -hmm. and, you know, the spirit could be speaking to you about someone that you're interacting with, but you don't feel like you have the, the time to listen or to be focused on it. Could exhaustion happen because we're trying to refrain from surrendering to that and then continuing about our day and like we can go back to it.
1: Yeah, when you're juggling with your flesh versus your spirit, it can be exhausting, you know. But let's face it, as the Bible says, we were shaped in iniquity. We were born out of our mother. We have a naturalness to do wrong and do right, physically speaking. That's why the Bible says, idle time is the devil's workshop. What idle time? Idle time in being in yourself. Because when you're in yourself, that's why the devil would like you to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But when you're in God's spirit, that's what the Bible said the spirit wars against the flesh. The spirit, our spirit that God created, our pure spirit that God created, our soul that God created, it wants what God wants. But our flesh wants what the world wants. Our flesh wants what feelings want. That's why I tell people all the time: no, we don't get caught up all in your feelings, because we walk, walk by faith and not by sight, which is our flesh. And a lot of times, when our feelings are involved, our emotions are involved, then it causes us to wrestle with the things of God. Until you get to that place where you mature in the faith, and you identify right away, and you check yourself. I don't know how many times I've had to check myself like, wait a minute, no, 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 God, um, thank you, Lord, but replace me. Thank you, Lord. No, self, get back. This what God says, this what's going to happen. And sometimes they have to have moments of reflection, moments of correction. But here's the thing, no, God gives you that power into his Holy Spirit by the bloodstain of Jesus. You have the power to to always resist the devil. The Bible says we have the power to resist the devil, and he shall flee. And say he might flee, could flee, he won't. No, you have the power. So if you have the power to resist the devil, you have the power tie to resist souls. Yeah. Because trust me, the devil ain't no joke. Without God, when you don't have God in your life, you don't have a chance. Yeah. But as a child of God, you can whip him every time as long as you're beating the God. So a lot of times, yes, our spirit and our flesh is constantly warned against one another because they want two different things. Your spirit and your soul wants God. Your flesh said, "This go do what you want to do, bro. Fuck that." You know, you know, be truthful. You know, you can get back to God later, man. Just go do what you want to do, doug You know you feel good, bro. Go and take yeah. that call. Take that text. Go and creep out a minute. Go and do that. Man, you'll feel better. Yeah, exactly. You'll feel better. But what do they do for your spirit or your soul? Nothing. And so a lot of times, as Chris, is, we have to have a uh, one-on-one talk with ourselves, And the spirit of God will lead you to help you, to empower you, to get stay on track, meaning stay in the will of God. Don't get caught up in your flesh and what you want. That's how the enemy got kicked out of heaven. It's all about I, I, and I. I am mm-hmm. the most beautiful angel. I'm the most gifted angel. All this stuff he was saying was true. The next thing you know, he was looking at just him. Right. Feeling like he didn't need God no more. Why?
2: Because it was all about self. Yeah.
0: When you started as a pastor or you started growing your congregation, how Mm -hmm. did you use prayer along with your teaching? Like, how does your prayer life affect your teaching?
1: It's everything. Let me tell you why. See, when you're in prayer, it opens up the Holy Spirit to instruct. If you're not in prayer, then you're not going to have God's Spirit speak to your inner man to instruct Destruct you on you the plan, the design, what, what route we're we going, going, how we're we going to go about this, and um, not to mention discernment and all of these other things. Prayer, prayer opens up all of them.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's why I tell you all, all the time, you know, it starts in prayer. Everything starts in prayer. And if you don't have a prayer life, it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough. I mean, for example, um, it helps you sleep good at night. It removes fear. Yeah. It takes it away anxiety, it builds yeah. your faith, mm-hmm. it empowers you. Mm-hmm. It does all these things. So when it came down to starting the church and creating the church, I was led and guided by the Holy Spirit because I had a very healthy prayer life. And without a healthy prayer life, there's no way you're going to know the route that God wants you to take. Period. Yeah. So it all starts. That's why I tell you, you guys all the time, man, prayer is like a body that needs water. You don't have water in your physical body. It is going to die. Yes. You have to have a prayer life if you want to be successful in the kingdom of God and you truly want to make a difference. Yeah. Prayer is not salvation. Salvation is given to us by a gift from God through his son, Christ Jesus, by his blood. But if you want to be walking in God's power, Ain't nobody walking in God's power if they don't have a prayer life. It's
2: fictional.
1: And I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm just being truthful. And to me, and I say this to y'all before too, Todd, it's the first required action to helping you walk in the supernatural. That action has to happen. You're not going to walk in God's supernatural if your prayer life doesn't exist. Because the window's are The Holy Spirit coming in is not going to be open to receive.
0: So what would you say to someone who's never prayed before or if they haven't prayed in a long time? Because a lot of times people feel like they have to have this prayer structure or have to speak these eloquent words. Or some people feel like, well, God ain't going to hear me because I do too much. They know that they do too much. And God's not going to hear them. So what do you say to somebody who's either never prayed, haven't prayed in a long time? How do you help them, coach them into starting a prayer sure. life? Well, you
1: know, let's, let's first, first define prayer, prayer again. again. And it's simple. You know, Pastor, I like to stay in the, in, the, in the land of simplicity. Mm-hmm. Prayer is simply what we're doing. Prayer unto God is an open, honest conversation from your heart to God. On what you're fearing, what you're concerned about, what you're dealing with, whether it's your health, your job, your career, your children, your spouse, whatever it may be. Just talking to God about it and watch God step in and help fix it. So when I first came in crisis, I said earlier, I only muttered two words to God. But guess what? Those two words were still what? prayer. Because it was real. It was honest. I didn't know no about no set prayer outside of our Father's prayer. When you really first coming to God, you, you know, some people may not say our Father's prayer. you just just it up because you're broken. And you, you finally just wanted to surrender. And the only two words I had was, help me, God. I guess three. I kept saying, help me, God. Help me, God, to do what you want me to do. And as I was driving, I constantly say, help me, God. Help. me." And it was the beginning. And that's all God wants. The Bible says, you know, those who are the pure in heart shall see God's face. Pure is not perfect. Pure is sincere. Whether you're in the wrong, whether you're in the right, whether you did something terrible or whatever. God don't care. He just cares about you bringing it to the altar. You bring it to him sincere. We're seeing God's face because we've been honored. That's what man. my my dear brother, my favorite character in the Bible, King David, so colorful. This man did everything known to the sun. But the Bible records that he was after God so forth. How could a man put Ken killing, and pimping, and I can go on and on. There's sin, conspiracy, all kind of Yep, But yet the entire book of Psalms is about him praising God, but more importantly, his open confession to God when he was in the height of his wrongdoing. Lord, I don't know why I put you around. Well, God, no, I'm sorry. I do know why I put you around the front line because I had to have his wife, Lord, yep. fix me, oh, Lord, because I did it on purpose. Cause God, did you see him? My God, I had to help. Versus some people like, well, Lord, I don't know why I did that. No, you know why you did that. Be honest. David was straight up with God, even at the height of his door. And that's what made him after God's heart. Because if you're after God's heart, you're going to tell God the truth every time you go to Him. I don't care how bad it is, how bad you look, what you did, whatever. And God cannot help you unless you're honest with Him. So, for people who want to start a prayer life, it starts with sincerity. It may start with just a few words, like Pastor. I only had a few words when I first started talking to God. Now, every day, all day, I'll talk to God, and it's conversational. Every day, all day. And you don't have to have some set prayer. But if you, you want to go to our farm's Prayer, it's good to go there too. But in reality, what God really wants is for you to talk from the heart for you to talk about what you did, what you fear for, what you need empowerment with, what you need a plan on, or how you handle your situation or how you would move somebody out your life or someone you may have been afraid of, or somebody who might have been abusing you, you scared to leave, all kinds of stuff. And God will show you how to get it done. And God will empower you to get better and better and better. Now... You know, my day, every day, is talking to God all day, cause it's peace, it's comfortable. Matter of right. fact, I feel like a fish out of water when I'm not talking them. to God, and that don't right. happen.
2: Right.
1: And that's, that's why what the, Bible the Bible says, "Pray without right. ceasing." So that don't mean every second, every minute. That just means, just say how long to God. Sometimes it may not be a lengthy long conversation. You know, I just want to thank you for being so so real to me and more and to God and your mercies everlasting. And I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for your grace that I didn't earn it, but you gave it to me anyhow. Lord, I love you. And I thank you, God, for being graceful to me. You know, just simple stuff like that. I wake up more and say, Lord, I love you. I love you more than words can express, but I'm going to tell you anyhow, Lord, I love you. And I love you more. And I don't stop that time. I'm like, and Lord, by the way, in case you don't know it, which I know you don't know it, but I'm saying it, and I love you more than anybody and everyone. Mm-hmm. You first in my life. See? Yep. Still pray. Yep. Because you're talking to God, and God appreciates that. And God loves to see that you're in love with Him. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I know for, when I started really um, being consistent about prayer, I had like a reservation about it because I felt sure. like I felt like I could only bring these big overwhelming things to God. Like I felt like he don't have time for all the small stuff. That's that's how I felt. I felt like sure. you know God is out here putting the sun in the sky. He out here, you know, saving people who try to commit suicide, things like that.
2: Right. And right.
0: I can't pray to God and say, oh, Lord, I don't have no gas in my gas tank, you know, small things like that. I thought that in that damaged mindset, because that's what it was, I felt sure. like I always knew God was a big God and he can do big things. But why would I waste his time or be a nuisance to him with these little run-of-the-mill everyday things? Like, okay, you don't have no gas in your car? Don't go nowhere. Like, you know, right. so for me, I had to understand that not only is he a big guy and he can handle anything, but he can also <laughs> handle everything, even a small thing. There zone. you go. There he, you go. Even the he small thing. He cares about it all. He yes. cares about it all. Even if you light like Bill going to be late this month, you can pray about it. It's not going to hey, be man. a nuisance to him. So that for me, I had no, to no. shift that mindset of. He's a big guy but he's also he also cares about me intimately you know he That's cares right. about the little things That's if right. it bothers me if it if i I'm excited about it if if I need if I have questions about it he want to know and so I had to That's really right. dive into that and understand that a part of prayer was not limited to the big things that I really wanted to see big miraculous things it was also it had to involve me on a smaller level because that in itself is you trusting God, showing God that you trust him. Amen. So that was a big step for me in learning that he he cares. Like that's a part of him showing his love and his grace and he cares. Not just to say, hey, I'm God. I don't got time to be worried about that right now. You
1: You know, Tom, my mentor used to say to me, he said, God wants to know about every step you Make and I understand what he means by that now. Like you're saying, it's not too to much new for God, and it's not nothing too great for God. He, he wants, wants to be part of it all from my new to the greatest. Yeah, he wants to be part of it all along. He wants us to be entrenched with Him, angled in Him. Yes, period. You know, but I do understand your mindset now. I mean. I- I went, I went to a, know, a, a small stories. stage of that, too, you know, where I can handle that. I don't need God to talk okay. to God about that. And I got away from that, too. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, like, I'm sorry, man. I'm like, I am like, I'm like ain't with my help. I, t- I take pride. I take care of myself. You know, at the age I'm in, I'm probably in better shape than some of my nephews who are in their 30s. Yeah. You know? In fact, one of them, I had to prove that to him at the, the gym. gym. He dropped, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I'm such and such, age. I had... I had to take three hundred dollars for him and give it back oh, to him, oh. but he thought oh, he could outpress press me and have to show him me. He's just a another pot. Oh. I take care of myself, you know. But at the end of the day, God wants to know every intricate part about us, and the bottom line is why? Because that's the way it's going to be in heaven. So you might as well get used to it on earth. I keep telling you, the earth is the practice field. Yes, in heaven, every ounce, every second. Which there will be no more time, by the way. There ain't gonna be time. Time was created for man, not for yes. God, not for the mortals. But it's gonna be in God's presence around the clock. You might as well get you still here And so that's what I mean when I tell you, you know, hey, there are fractions of things heaven, constantly walking in God's kingdom and the supernatural, because you're gonna feel out of place once you get in heaven. It's going to take you, it. not we'll that pick you, pick you won't get it, but it's going to take you on the long You're going to be on the on the short yellow bus in there. <laughs> and, you know, but you're going to come around, but it's going to take you to a little while. You know. And I say that in a humorous way. I hope I didn't offend nobody.
0: So what would you, you know, say to somebody?
1: I just like to laugh, put it in here. That
0: it's okay, it's okay. You got to understand that we are human. There's only one God. Well, there's There's a trinity, but only one God. What do you say to someone who has been church hurt? Because I know a lot of time people, when they leave the church, they leave God. So what could you say to someone that's been church hurt? And how would you advise them to get back into their relationship and not worry about the physical part of it?
1: Church. Well, for starters, in the book, book of Revelation, they spoke of the seven churches, right?
0: Okay.
1: And out now, of the seven churches, there was only one church that was really on fire and God approved and said they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And now, I say so all that, that to that say church, because they represent a remnant. A remnant. We still have a remnant, a remnant of churches, a remnant of believers. People are truly on fire for God. Not that the other ones weren't, they're just lacking the power they are, or they're lacking in really making a difference in the kingdom. But when you've been burned by a church that's outside of the will of God, then a lot of persons who've been hurt, who've been abused physically or mentally or emotionally and hurt in any way, shape, or form, the first thing you have to know is just because okay. that church teach you that way, you don't put all of God's churches in one basket and say, I'm done with the church. I ain't messing with the church. Now you have shortened your chances of healing because you got this misconception that church as a whole, as a body of Christ, they are all the same. They're not. Never have been. And by the way, they've always had bad churches, by the way. That's why I brought up the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And Jesus was rebuking the majority of them. Yeah. And said, you missed the mark. You wasn't doing what you're supposed to be doing. So, so I, I said to my sister, my brother had been hurt. Do not I give up on God. God. Don't put every church in the same basket. Because there's some churches out here. And you can't go by numbers either. We're a small church in terms of numbers. But we're very powerful. Why? Because we walk in kingdom lips. We walk in the supernatural. We can get demons out. matter of fact, they run. Because why? Because we're walking in God's power. But at the end of the day, i say to my sister, my brother, if you hurt by our church, give God an opportunity to heal you. Get around people that you can see in their lives. They're living for God, not just talking about God. And God will heal that hurt, that disappointment, that pain. Because there's a remnant of churches and a remnant of God's people who's walking in his power that can help. That can support, that can pray you through, and I'm telling you, it takes time to hurt, pain, and mend your heart. But God will do that, But well, He won't do that as long as you got a wall up to say, "I'm done with church, I'm done with the body of Christ, I'm done." While well, you're being unfair to yourself, because there's a lot of brothers and sisters out here, and a remnant may not be majority, because it's not. that are on fire for God, and they care about that, love you. We do. I do. You do. I care about God's people and I'm working to be healed and be made whole. So therefore I would say do not shorten yourself. Don't just put all of God's churches in the same basket.
0: Okay. So I do want to ask what do you believe is your purpose and do you think it will ever change?
1: Well from the A big picture point of view, my purpose is to feed God's people. Feed God's people's word, feed God's people how to live, feed God's people how to walk, more importantly too, not only knowing his word knowledgeably, but to teach people how to walk in the supernatural. Because, see, they both work together. You have God's word, you have prayer, and you have the supernatural. These two work simultaneously, and when you put those together, the Bible says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. But it also says, Jesus himself said, I have given you my spirit. I've given you my power, the Holy Spirit, to communicate to you on how to deal with demons, so you can walk in the supernatural. So when you combine the two, you walk in kingdom living, What Jesus said, I've given you power over the soul." The Scorpion, the serpent symbolizing demons, oh and by the way, the enemy the devil he said, I've given you power all of and there's no harm she'll come to you and that's so comforting so then that you know that God don't only give you authority over demonic attacks or the devil but ain't no longer get harm yeah, so you shouldn't have any fear, you shouldn't have any oh Lord, what's going to happen to me so at the end of the day that's where God wants us to be.
0: Do you have any words for the people, or is there anything you want to tell yeah, them?
1: Yeah, a couple of things I want to say. When you have consistent prayer, because that's what we're talking about <laughs> today. Number one, as I said earlier, for the sake of refreshment or review, prayer is the action that takes away all fear and worrying. You're dealing with fear, you're dealing with worrying. I challenge you to start talking to God on a consistent basis. your fear becomes faith and your worry becomes trust in God. You start worrying about things, you start fearing and now you're believing and you trust in God. It flips when you start having a consistent conversation with God. And then two, I was talking about this a few weeks ago. Number two, prayer will give you a peace. That man cannot understand. You'd be like, they're like, I, man, I knew that should have killed. How she can walk around smiling with this, that, and the other that to her. Oh, man, I know he should have been dead with that bro. He should have been out there and lost his mind. And look at it. He's still blessing God. He's still praising God. Because why? Wow, through prayer, we receive God's peace. That's not the earth's peace. It's not man's peace. But you receive that when you have a prayer life, when you're talking to God consistently and one on one. So God gives you a peace that man cannot comprehend. And the last thing I want to leave is our minds can have the right thoughts when we have a prayer life. Yes. The Bible says we have a renewed mind. But that mind stays renewed in Christ when we have a prayer life. Our minds can stay in the right thoughts, spiritual thoughts, morally right, thriving to be more godly, more Christ like when we have a prayer life. Yeah. And that's what I want to leave with the people of God today, baby. And anyone else that's watched? Just
2: awesome. Yep.
0: I want you to lead us in the sinner's prayer for those of us who may not um, have accepted Christ and want to use this as the opportunity to do so. I believe my purpose is to go into spaces that church and religion says are not acceptable to reach the people that God want me to reach that may not have otherwise been um, introduced to what he want them to be introduced to. So, would you lead us in the sinner's prayer, please? Absolutely. Yeah. If you are
1: with us today, you don't know Christ, you never said the sinner's prayer before. I would love for you to repeat after me. If you say this prayer from your heart and by faith, believe it, you can become a child of God instantly. And so, if you repeat these word after, words after me Dear God, I'm a sinner, but today, I desire to know you by faith as my Savior, Christ Jesus of Nazareth. I surrender my life unto you. I, this day, denounce Satan, denounce my way, and accept your way, Lord. I believe that you died for me on the cross. You hung all of my sins, my past sins, my present sins, sins in the future I know nothing about. Your blood-stained Christ Jesus covered it all, my entire life. God, I believe on the third day you resurrected for me. And Father, as your word have declared, if by faith I believe in my heart that Christ Jesus of Nazareth resurrected for me on the third day, I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. And beloved, If you said that prayer for the first time, you are instantly become a child of God. Amen. As I speak, you're a born again Christian. As Jesus said to Nicodemus, the rabbi, you must be born again. Of course, Nicodemus asked ask the Lord, will I go back in my mother's womb. It's like, no, this is a spiritual lesson. You had to be reborn of your spirit, man. But like you were disconnected from God because of the fall of Adam. But the second Adam, which is the simulation of Christ Jesus, have given us the right to be reconnected spiritually to God because of the stain of Jesus, the spotless Lamb that take away the sins of those who believe on him. Amen. And So therefore, you're born again, and your name has been written in the book of life. And the angels in heaven, the Bible says, are rejoicing for you, for you, every child of God that comes to the kingdom of God has been reconnected to God, the angels in heaven rejoice. Another one is heading to heaven when God calls and will rejoice. And I'm happy for you. God bless you. we love to hear from you. Our church email is redeemharvestchurch247 at gmail.com. Please send us a message on our messenger page too. It's Senior Pastor Ed Moffitt. You come on Facebook, pray, send me a friend request, and surely accept you as a friend. And you can send me a message on message as well. And also you can send us message to all to the time. You can send mm-hmm. one <laughs> with God. Who God says. Say yep. Amen. Uh, yep. Because we're going to receive you. We're going to love on you. And we're going to teach you how to walk in kingdom live. God bless you.
0: Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on the Who God Says podcast with your host and Kingdom Ambassador, Ty Chandra. Go to WhoGodSays.com to join the mailing list for episode premieres, upcoming guests, and more. Send in your questions to be a part of the show at WhoGodSays at gmail.com And don't forget, join the Kingdom Fanatic community. Until next time, be blessed, and also be a blessing.